The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour. I'm Sharon Kleina. The power of water, power of water on this planet Earth is vital, and that's the theme and name of our show, Power of Water. I'm the reminder, and for several years with this show, going into the end of our sixth year here soon, we have been bringing the most unbelievable guests to listen and, and, and to be part of what you, as educators, to listen to what you may want to hear about reminding you how important life is on this planet. Living in the solar system, when you get up in the morning, you're part of the orbit. Just remember that. But what is the most important nutrient organism of all life on Earth is water. Water. We left it behind so far back for whatever reason. Uh, Maybe it's because individual life is wanting everything to be magically complex, human-made. But did we ever stop to think about there are things that are not human-made, that are natural, that the earth has provided us, like fresh water, to be able to live with the ecosystem and live as an organism to be healthier and detoxify? Uh, You know, we have 5,000 children dying a day on the planet Earth without water and sanitation. Their mothers have to get up in the morning in those countries of the world and go get the water and carry it back. Now, if they should trip and fall, they have to go back and get some more. That is so vital for them to live. But we're losing 5,000 children a day. And they, they talk about overpopulating our planet. What is mass destruction? Weapon of mass destruction is not providing fresh water for every living person to have the safe water, healthy water. Now, we've been hearing a lot about weather changes and climate changes and floodings and hurricanes and all the things that come along with flooding. And uh, when you have a serious flooding, the waters come up, and where do they go? And some of it goes down into the aquifers, and some of it goes to other places, to the lowest point, to the ocean. But we have to realize that during that period of time, here comes this water that came from the atmosphere, and you probably didn't know this, that when it's raining out, you pull moisture. It's, Earth is pulling moisture. The atmosphere is pulling moisture out of the air, the water vapor out of the air, to rain. So when you're having rain, there's not the moisture in the air, believe it or not, because it pulled it out of the air, rains came down, and then when it stops raining, we have water vapor in the air. Now, to live on this planet Earth, 
the earth has to have water in the aquifers. It has to have fresh water on the surface of the earth called your lakes, your streams, your rivers. And that fresh water is so important. Not to let it all run away because if it's, if you have fresh water uh, in the lakes and in the canals and the reservoirs and in the streams, in the rivers, it, help, it creates a cloud system, it stimulates a cloud system to be able to attract more water in the air, more water vapor, and, and, and temperature uh, guiding the temperatures of the earth. It's vital. Without the fresh water, you might say you're causing the weapons of mass destruction to earth and never last forever. We must, with this show, Every time we listen to the show and our guests and all that we're trying to achieve is remember in the back of your mind, without the fresh water, you might as well say goodbye to and in the generations to come. I always say at the end of the show, and Earth is whispering, never say goodbye. Don't take it with you. Leave something behind. What it means is fresh water is vital. Fresh water is the, is, is the molecule molecular result of all hydrogen bonding, the bonding of your life, your cells, your 50 trillion cells in your body. And each cell has water. Outside the body, we have a water vapor that keeps us alive. Can you drink enough? It's impossible. You can't drink enough. But you should be drinking 8 to 10 glasses of water a day that give you an absorption in the body but drink your water, but not by sipping. Always take those eight to ten glasses serious that you're drinking the full glass of water. You get out of bed, you have one as soon as you get out of bed. Have two before you begin your day. During the day, have about two to three more, and in the evening, two to three more before you go to bed. Knowing, yes, you're going to have some eliminations, but that's okay. That's eliminating toxin. It is so important. Now we're having a heat wave on the, throughout the planet. But in places like Arizona and different places in the country where we're having a heat wave in, in Nevada, people should be drinking lots of water. Now, I've heard cases of situations where people complain, oh, those water-to-drink companies are taking advantage of us by taking tap water and putting it in a bottle, and we have to go buy it and pay a price. Well, when you don't have water available, enough of it, and you're not sure of your water that you're drinking is safe, you might have too much sodium in it or something that isn't right. The other thing, if you're having massive hurricanes and floods and disastrous weather, thank God those companies are providing you with bottled water. And this summer, you need to keep a plenty of water around you. If you're traveling and you're not sure of the water on tap of the different places you're going, take, and put, take your own bottled water. Please compliment and thank those companies for making sure you have bottled water to drink that they, you know is safe water. There's another factor. Water contributes to Earth's uh, uh, ability to have life on it. So don't we want to make sure that Earth is going to last forever and live with the solar system healthy? I've said to the uh, scientists that I've had on here and climatologists and more, the Earth has got to have an influence with its water vapor in the air with the rest of the solar system. Can you imagine Earth has the water? What's the ma- uh, uh, there's no mystery. We have it. So as the astronauts have looked back and looked at Earth, it looks blue. 
Well, it's because of the water vapor around the air that keeps us alive. Without, if you have unhealthy water vapor, like in China, they're dealing with trying to discover what are they going to do because the water vapor there is contaminated because it's so polluted. Other countries of the world have polluted air. Different in indoor conditions of your homes have polluted air. There's got to be water vapor, moisture in the air that you can't see at all times to keep you alive, keep you healthy, keep you detoxified. When that baby was born, when you were born, from that moment in that delivery room, you came from water. There's no two eyes alike, no two fingerprints alike. Your body is different. That's a dehydration process to your final moments. So you begin life with water and you end your life dehydrated. Learn more about it. It's fascinating. Our, our guests have so much to teach us and to, can we learn. You can never know enough and earth is changing every moment because that's what makes it alive. We have a very special guest today, Melinda Henson Neely. She lives in Boise, Idaho. Her topics are health, nutrition, and exercise. Melinda has been in corporate life, and then she decided she wanted to get into a, studying more about health and educating individuals about what, how, how to be healthy and what, how important is your nutrition and your, your exercise. We're going to listen to Melinda in a minute, but we're going to listen to our sponsor to make this show possible, Nature's Tears Eye Mist. Did you know that at the surface of your eye is 98% water? You have a tear film, a clear film that's invisible. You can't see it. But the middle of that tear film is the aqueous layer. Is 98% water? What happens when you touch it with an t- uh, eye drop or pollution touches it or there's smoke that touches it or a very a heat wave? It becomes severely dehydrated. It has to start overreacting to be able to bring that water balance back to the tear film. It has to maintain 98% water or you have a vision impairment that could go to eventual blindness. Nature's Tears Eye Mist is the only water product company, water, to supplement with just a mist of tissue culture grade of water to bury to mist. And you gals like myself who wear cosmetics, eye makeup, it doesn't run the makeup. You can do it all day long. It never ra- uh, runs the makeup. The other thing is it even softens the, the aging lines around the eyes because what are aging lines? Dehydration. Well, listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist with Just a Mist, and we'll be back with Melinda. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. News. Opinion. 
Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Melinda, are you with us? I am here. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, you've got a fascinating background, Melinda. You've got a bachelor's degree in nutrition, but you haven't. A master's degree in business. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> so which one came first? Well, I I studied nutrition as an undergrad with full um, aspirations of becoming a physician. And then I got out and did medical research for a couple years and decided to completely switch gears. So I um, went back to uh, school to get my MBA and worked in the corporate world for many years. And then just in recent years, I've decided to kind of come full circle and really back to my initial interest and passion for health. So yeah, that's we've had of... we've had on the show individuals who did that, but they in the corporate world, they were also one of the first pioneers of getting the corporations to start having divisions in their human resource divisions mm-hmm. of learning more in classes of of nutrition and mm-hmm. learning more about their health and exercise and and really trying to get the corporation employees thinking healthy and, and not just all work, but be healthy right. while they work. Right. Uh, so right. did you do any of that before you left the corporate world? Um, no, I did not. In fact, when I got out of the corporate world, I wrote three books. And, mm-hmm. then, um, and then, for example, most recently I've been hired by the Blue Cross of Idaho Foundation for Health to lead a grant initiative to help fight children's obesity in uh, three communities in Idaho. So mm-hmm. I'll be mm-hmm. working more on a community level, um, helping help prevent children's obesity through physical Wonderful. fitness. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. and healthy eating. So yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to bring bring something up to you when you say that. Uh, I wondered at the time, way back, because I've been studying nutrition for a long time too, and dehydration of the body. You know, we all are so different, and the dehydration of our bodies triggers our um, what happens to us. It doesn't even mean you're eating uh, so much. And how how are you going to deal with the fact that you're going into ch- wanting children to be excited and their families to be excited, but especially the children with not being affected by other people thinking they're only getting involved because maybe they're a little overweight or a lot overweight. Uh, that bothers children. Why do they call it obesity? Can they call yeah. it something else? <laughs> no, no, I'm yeah. serious. I've thought about it for years. I used to be in healthcare way before I started this company in my research center. And, and um, I noticed that, for example, uh, one of the reasons I started studying the dehydration, uh, what cause, stress causes dehydration is number one, is the fact that... Um, Individuals, when they're t- diagnosed with a terminal disease, they go under stress. They get much more stressed, and the family gets more stressed by the way they're talking about it and the words they use to choose to use. And um, 
for everybody to jump on the bandwagon. There are people overweight. There may be 10 pounds overweight. And there's people who are, and they should be just as conscious of getting their health in order than the person who something has happened along the way to trigger having more, being over, more overweight. And there's right. different cultures, especially, that have tendencies to be more, and backgrounds of, of families that have a tendency to be culturally or within their family that way. So that's why I, you're the first person I've ever said that to, Melinda, but I've thought about it well, so often. And um, I just wish they would call it so, to get people more excited, to, to get well, involved. Yeah. It's funny, I just wrote a, a post on, well, I do, I've written quite a few blog posts on Meatless Mondays and inspiring my family to go meatless. And somebody um, actually from Washington, D.C. wrote and said, why do we call it Meatless Monday? Because that makes it sound like we're giving something up and we're depriving ourselves. And and he's right. I, I, I don't think of Meatless Monday, Monday as de- deprivation, but nor do I do with good health. I mean, I think right. a lot of people, I think a lot of people think, To be healthy means what am I going to have to give up? What am I going to have to sacrifice? What am I going to have to do without? And it really should be just the opposite. Just the opposite, I'm going to enjoy life. Yeah. Yeah, get out of bed and put your feet on the ground. It's a new day, and I'm I'm on the Health Olympics. And, 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 you know, you could be homeless. You could be under the bridge and get up and put your feet on the ground and say, today's my day, it's my new day, and um, I'm going to think healthy. I'm going to think positive. I'm going to think the confidence um, of where I'm going, what I want to do. This is my life. This belongs to me at this moment. And you're you're right. Right. Yeah, it's about being able to enjoy the outdoors and breathe the fresh air and eat delicious, fresh, whole foods. I mean, that's that's something to look forward to. Right. (laughs) um, yeah. Well, in the way back in time, they took it all for granted because they did have to grow their own, uh, their own uh, food. Uh, they didn't have the grocery store so close, and uh, so they took it for granted. But nowadays, we have so much here in America. Can you imagine, Melinda, when you go to the grocery store, what you have to choose from over in produce? Mm-hmm. And in sections of the store that maybe we used to walk in and they were a little tiny yeah. section. And I, uh, I will tell you, this is so amusing. Um, people will say, Sharon, you're such a busy person. What do you do when you have some time off? You know, and I said, well, on my days off, I go produce shopping. I go to grocery stores <laughs> and look at produce. <laughs> and you know, I, Melinda, do that when, I do that when I travel. I know I do the same thing when I travel for business. I go straight yeah. to their fresh markets. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you know, it's so fun to see what they're doing differently. And each I one know. has got a little difference. But now today, you chose. By the way, you live in Boise, Idaho, right? I do. Hi, I, one of my the PhD of my company lives in Boise. She's with Boise State. Oh, but okay. Back, yeah. I just I've been there. I love that place, and she loves to go fly fishing on her oh. breaks. <laughs> oh, how fun! Outside yeah. of Boise State, but back to uh, you're living in a beautiful place. Like I live in Grants Pass, Oregon, uh, in the most gorgeous place on earth. But now, when you're involved in in healthy nutrition, what are you saying to people? Because we're hearing it all. But what are you saying? You know, I, again, it kind of goes back to that message of uh, celebrating health and, um, and embracing it versus dreading it. And, and, um, and that's really what I believe it's all about. And, and when it comes to food, uh, my mantra is, you know, eat to feel good and, and think of food in that respect versus 
counting calories and going on diets and all and all that and then and, and then exercise really is is just something to make you feel it, it's also something that makes you feel good so that's you know I'm mm-hmm. I'm just more in the camp of celebrating good health and and mm-hmm. enjoying it so now you've got different books out obviously the first book what was the first book you wrote the first book was called Finding Life's Secret Toss, and it was really about how to fit good food, fitness, and fun into your crazy, busy schedule. It kind of uh, covered the gamut of, of those three issues. Okay, uh, let's tell, second... us, tell us what you said in the book that kind of tells us. Well, first of all, that was your first book. So your passion to get the message across in the book, what, the goal was to teach the audience, your reader, uh, this mm-hmm. is some of the things you learned. What were some of the most important things you learned that you didn't know? I think in general, for us to feel good, we need to eat well, exercise, but also there's a third component, which is really finding other aspects of life that reduce your stress, improve your work-life balance, those, mm-hmm. those passion passion projects, if you will, that you don't want to give up on. It's very unique to each individual, mm-hmm. and, um, and I think it's kind of the, that whole well-rounded approach to wellness that we should all be striving for, and that's what I've written about in the book. Mm-hmm. You know, and the other thing is, don't feel don't feel guilty to be self indulgent, to want to feel good about how you take care of yourself. Don't worry about the word vanity. You know, we were a society that all of a sudden, well, you're vain, you're vain, you don't want it, you're doing this, and you're vain. Well, let's be vain again. No, no, let's go back to being concerned about uh, how how we want to feel. If you feel good, you're sure going to be polite to other people. You're not going to be right. anger, you know, you won't have road rage and you won't, you won't get so exhausted with your lack of patience. You won't take things so personal because you're healthy. Right. Um, yeah. And you'll be uh, in a position to be, better take care of your family and your children. Exactly. And, um, it's amazing, our attitude, yes. So your first book was that. Now you wrote another book, so you chose I, to go yeah. on to... My second book was called Eat In, Not Out, and um, this is really more about, okay, we really, we really never know what we're eating unless we prepare it ourselves. And, um, and so get in there and learn how to cook. It's, it, it's not as intimidating as you think, and especially if you use healthy whole foods. You know, cooking is easy. You don't have to do a lot to, to make it taste good. And, um, and so it's really about making the whole cooking process less intimidating and um, and little tips and tricks to make it more fun, less stressful. And, oh, and by the way, you're going to eat more healthy too. Yeah, and tell us in the book, what you did you have any, uh, any menus or anything um, to give them suggestions and how to, how to, directions of how to cook? Well, I, it's ironically, it's, the book is called, um, the subtitle is The Learn How to Cookbook Without the Recipes. So I don't include specific recipes. Mm-hmm. However, that could lead to eat and not out part two. Um, but what I <laughs> yeah. but what I do yeah. suggest is um, ways that you can um, take shortcuts to make foods taste good. For example, ways different ways to prepare vegetables or mm-hmm. little tips and tricks to make something taste better with very little effort. You know, so mm-hmm. I do you know uh, allude to ways to cook and prepare dishes to make them good and and tasty and easy, but mm-hmm. I haven't included recipes intentionally. <laughs> Well, you know, there's a book out there called, uh, and I've had him on the show, Dr. Esselstein, from the, uh, and he wrote the book Prevent and Reverse Heart Disease. I wish he hadn't called the book that in a way because he's mm. got all these uh, recipes in his book uh, teaching people how to, to, what to cook, and it was more vegan. Mm. 
In fact, on oh, my okay. medical team, almost everybody on my medical team and my research team are all uh, surgeons, physicians, of surgeons, mm-hmm. and every single one of them practically is into nutrition research. And I've got mm-hmm. a Dr. Philip Payton, who's an ophthalmologist surgeon, who is very big on diet, vegan. And uh, he and I don't always agree uh, to some of the extremes uh, because I don't believe in taking all the oil out of the diet like Dr. Esselstein has. And I've also had on my show, Melinda, the author of the China study. Have you, uh, have you ever studied that? I have the book, and I haven't com- uh, read it completely, but I've heard yeah. about how wonderful it is, yes. Yeah, yeah, he's a friend of Dr. Elselstein's, uh, and But again, diet in my team and around the world is a big issue. In fact, uh, I had a, a Chinese doctor on uh, not long ago, and her parents are ch- uh, Chinese doctors in, in Beijing, and they were saying how... Uh, China, the youth of China want to become Western, and here in the United States, those of us older want to be go more Chinese with their cultures and their background of the more mm-hmm. nutritional and the more uh, uh, Confucius. In other words, the more mellow, take it easy, don't try to push things, and, and eat more fresh fruits and vegetables and uh, less meat, less uh, get your protein out of your vegetables and uh, your other nutrients. Now, did you get any? Did you get into anything like the nutrients that are important for a healthy life? If you didn't mention the menus, um, I did. I do give a background. The first section of the book is basically called um, "Learning the Basics of Nutrition," Good. and and it, and it does go into detail a little bit about how to read food labels, um, yeah. making sense out of all natural and organic food claims, explaining mm-hmm. whole versus processed foods, and and also some um, healthy. Uh, foods that are not expensive. You know, where where are some good uh, resources there? So yeah, there is a, basically a, an overview of nutrition in the first part of okay, the book. Okay, good. Oh, good, good. Now you you've got yeah, now. Do you have another book? What was that? Was you obviously went from one mission to a second mission, and then you <laughs> had a third one. Yes, and my third book is called Heart and Soul. And this is about how 26 people ran their first marathon, and uh, you can too. And so my, I am a marathon runner, and I realize that not everybody on the earth is, is going to go out and run 26 miles. And it's, you know, running is not for everyone. But the the purpose here is to show that if you if you set this big bohemian goal for yourself, you might be surprised that you can achieve it. And when you do achieve it, it can do profound things to your life. And um, and the people that I interviewed and and kind of followed on their path of running their first marathon. Uh, they were so incredibly inspiring to me, and they truly have shown. I mean, many of these people that I that I write about have completely changed their lifestyles from this one experience that they, you know, poured their heart into. So, um, so I I truly believe that exercise is, is another means of of making a big difference in your life, and a marathon is certainly one venue to do that. You know, you could almost write a book, uh, Melinda, about life as a marathon, and we should all be doing that. I know, that's very, very true. And, you know, many, many years ago, uh, my daughters were year-round competitive swimmers, and and, uh, I started studying health and nutrition and swimming. And everybody was laughing, Melinda, because my uh, my daughters did very well. They were breaking records all the time, and they said, she thinks it's the food. (laughs) (laughs) I was an AAU official. But you'd be shocked how they would think, Oh, she, the, uh, the mother thinks the food is doing it. 
<laughs> but so we're going we're gonna to take a break, and we're going to come back about your other book that's coming out. And then, and I would say you ought to write a book about life's marathon is every day <laughs> getting up in the morning and being the marathon runner or the person who lives on this planet with an ecosystem of wanting to feel good about yourself and be vain. We're going to mm-hmm. listen to our sponsor, Melinda, and we're going to come back and you're going to teach us how to be more vain and take better care of ourselves. <laughs> we're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist with just a mist. The surface of your eye is 98% water. Did you know that that is very important that you supplement that tear film? It's vital. For vision impairment is lack of water, dehydration of the eyes to blindness. This is a supplement. We'll listen to our sponsor with Just a Mist, and we'll be right back with Melinda. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Listening to the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinerHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinerHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Melinda, uh, you were talking about the uh, your book was teaching people who like to exercise and let's say have marathons to, for their different types of uh, exciting athletic challenges to eat mm-hmm. right and to think more on how to take care of your health. Um, now, we talked about nutrition, but I also want to ask you, did you ever get into studying how everyone should be learning to sleep? Well, you know, I've written, I mean, I've, I've studied it a little bit because I, and I've written a couple of blog posts on it. By no means am I a sleep expert, but I do, I do find especially, I mean, I, I just am a big lover of sleep. And if I don't get my sleep, I'm not a good person to be around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and, and also with, you know, the, the more recent research that's come out that's saying not only, you know, that it truly can be detrimental for your health not to get sleep. Exactly. Um, and so I, I'm a big believer in it. And, um, and especially, you know, even if you're, I mean, especially when you're training for an event like a marathon, it right. really becomes critical to get your sleep. And, yeah. but, but even if you're not, you need to. So now what do you do? Let's say when you were training, I know when I was studying athletes and nutrition, 
And uh, it's like I told you, people were making comments that I thought that the food would make my my daughters go better and faster and win more more gold gold medals. <laughs> and yes. believe me, that was a long time ago, Melinda. I'm 71. Um, I, but well, I look back on it, and I had a couple of live radio shows here local on it, and it was so important that during the week, you get your protein at the beginning of the week, and you get your carbohydrate at the end of the week, and during the event, that you have so much carbohydrate in the pancreas to be able to shoot into the body and give you what you need for your nutrients. Um, when, when you were studying, what did you learn were some of the secrets, let's just say, for a person to be training and be in a marathon, athletic or whatever they're doing? What were some of the secrets you learned that you taught individuals that you, that you learned for yourself? I, I think in general, um, I think every individual is unique. There are, you know, a loose guidelines that the USDA gives in terms of how many carbohydrates, how much protein, how much fat you should you should intake. And then when you're training for a for a an endurance event like a marathon, it doesn't necessarily have to be a marathon. It could be any endurance event. Any endurance, you know, they, right? They they you know your uptake on carbs you know increases um, the recommendation at least. Mm-hmm. But I also, I have learned over the years, and it could be that I've grown older, it could be that I, that I changed, but I, and then also talking to other people, I think we're all unique. Some people need more carbs. Um, I've learned that I need more protein and, um, and that I perform better if I have more protein. So mm-hmm. I do think it's unique, but I think it's something you experiment with while you're training. Um, exactly. you, you eat, you eat while you're training what you're, what you want to eat before the actual event so that you know what works best for your body. And that um, is, but, you've just said it right on. That could make another book for you because of the individuality. You know, when that baby comes from the mother's water and enters into the delivery room at that moment, they no longer have water around them. So dehydration begins, Melinda. At that moment, there's no two eyes alike, no two fingerprints alike. There's so many, everything is a difference. Every individuality Mm -hmm. has a dehydration effect with our lives. Mm -hmm. And the thing you just said it, every single person with their marathon of living, I don't care what it is, to athletic or to business ventures or uh, just had an operation or whatever it may be to live, your life and be a better performer at your job. Be have a better attitude at your job, because what is attitude? Unhealthiness doesn't mean right. if anything. If you can you can handle anything at all if you're healthy, and uh, be a good a good team player in your workforce too. So it's a little of everything. You might you wouldn't have the road rage that right. you would have if you were healthy. <laughs> And, right. uh, but back to, uh, the nutrients, uh, but I'm going to go back to sleep real quick. We've had people, doctors on here discuss, discussing sleep. And I've said, because of the dehydration, n- nighttime comes to earth for a purpose. We have a purpose on earth, why it comes with darkness. We as a human life, all organisms of life on earth have to also learn how to sleep. And if you don't learn and don't take it for granted and don't pop the pills, because if you learn your own secrets, like maybe have some type of tea that's good for you, like you said you had your secret, Uh, go have something that is important to you that uh, will help you sleep better. But you learn that as a person. 
like you said, um, what you learned. And uh, because the one thing that comes up to me, I've studied nutrition for over 30, 40 years. And the thing about it is protein's hard to digest, but you just said you need more protein. Well, obviously, you're digesting your protein very well, or you wouldn't have the performance ability. It would be slow. Right. Now, going into uh, your secrets as a marathoner uh, and all, what did you learn about dark green vegetables like kale and, and uh, uh, broccoli and uh, spinach and arugula and all the dark greens, uh, the, the salads and uh, nutrients of that kind? What did you learn about that? I mean, I just think in general, the more of those you can eat, the more energy you're going to have. And mm-hmm. um, I, I just don't think there's too, you can't eat too much of those things. Right. And, um, and again, one thing I recommend, uh, whether you're training for a marathon or not, is really to write down what you're eating and what you're drinking, how much water you're consuming, how much Good you're sleeping you. at night. Good for and, you. And, tr- yeah. and track this. And then note the correlation between how you feel and, and those factors I just mentioned because mm-hmm. pretty soon you'll start to see, oh, gosh, if I eat more of that kale and broccoli, if I drink more water and I sleep more, guess what? I feel better. I'm less stressed. I have more mm-hmm. energy to run. Um, mm-hmm. it, it really does come for full circle if you track it, write it down, and notice these correlations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another secret you might add to that, too, is, is something you're going to be maybe a little startled on. In other parts of the world, they believe in taking a bath at least once a week. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have addictions to showers. Now, I'm guilty. I love my shower. Uh, But I have a shower that the water comes out with a full full spout of water, not the sprinkles of the... And I, I, I believe in that. But having a bath to detoxify, to create a flexibility to the skin and to be able to be a, uh, the body to absorb a hydration, uh, it, you'd be shocked how adding a bath to your, your life a week um, helps that because it detoxifies. But back to the marathon of life mm-hmm. and whatever you're training for uh, in life is uh, they've been saying more and more plan your meals around your salad because, as you and I just said, one of our favorite things is the produce. And where mm-hmm. we yeah. we do we ever have choices today, and uh, and fresh fruits, Mike? Are you startled sometime when you go to the store and see all the selection of fresh fruit? I know, I know. It's like it's like just, we've never experienced. I know. It's almost like you you you've died and went to heaven, and all here's all this mirage of, of, and it's getting better and better and better. Right. And people have to look at also in the wintertime, some of those fresh fruits over in the frozen food departments. We've had people on here, Melinda, where I said, well, did you know that when the crop is picked and they go immediately into the, pro- uh, the, the production of freezing it immediately? And they said, have you ever noticed how the frozen fruit or the frozen vegetables taste so good? And I said, yes, I have. Well, it's because it gets processed first and then right. all that fresh goes over to where? You know, and right. starts losing right. nutrients based on the air that it's touching and the transportation. So people shouldn't be afraid of the frozen also. No, definitely not. And, and the one thing not to, um, and, and the one thing I want to mention, Sharon, in, in addition to those macronutrients I discussed, was uh, it also is the importance of water. And, and I'm, not, I'm not saying this just because I'm on your show, but I, I really have uh, dedicated a chapter to it in my book, Heart and Soul, 
um, on the importance of getting enough water both while you're training and before your training and after your training. Um, not only does it help help you perform better, but it helps you recover faster. And I, when I first started training for marathons, when, when I was in my early 30s, I, I just didn't, I didn't pay attention to it. I didn't drink water while I was running. I didn't drink enough before. I didn't recover after. And I have learned over time how critical uh, water can be. And, um, and it's just absolutely something you should not disregard. Well, and isn't it strange that the planet Earth, out of the whole solar system that we are familiar with, uh, has the water. And right. there's a purpose to having that nutrient, that organism here on Earth. And we, we, it's almost like we threw it all out. The, well, you know, it's the most important part of your everyday life is drinking adequate, safe water with nothing added to it, though, Melinda. No added ingredients to it. And uh, then uh, the water vapor in the air is vital. The vapor you don't see, that's what keeps you alive because you couldn't begin to drink enough. It's impossible. It wouldn't be healthy. But the water vapor mm-hmm. is absorbing into your body to give you also the flexibility and what you need to be agile and, and spontaneous and, and, and all with your, uh, what you're trying to do to stay uh, healthy plus also mm-hmm. be a good marathoner of any kind of right. thing. You need to be right. flexible. You need to be spontaneous. You need to be um, uh, where your reflexes are, at, are very healthy. And if your reflexes aren't healthy, you're dehydrated. And um, that's the other thing with being good uh, athletic training. What, let's t- say, what do you get up in the morning? Let's say you were getting training. And what do you get up in the morning and what's your favorite breakfast? I alternate between carb and protein breakfast. I mean, I would probably eat eggs every day, but I have high cholesterol. So I, um, so I alternate between, you know, having an egg and, and toast ish or, you know, or tortilla mm-hmm. breakfast and with something like oatmeal. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then the occasional you know, whole wheat or buckwheat pancakes, because my little boy has finally recognized his love for pancakes. So, yeah. um, so yeah, I kind of alternate between those three for the most part. Now, in, in uh, Idaho, do you have Dave's Killer Bread there yet? We do. Yeah. I've had Dave's Killer Bread for a while. I've had Dave on wonderful. here. I have had oh. Dave on here. And years ago, he had just come out, and I didn't know it. And I'm in, we have a Fred Myers here in Oregon, and I'm looking in the section, in the health food section, but I didn't. And here's this bread, and I'm going, huh, what's this? And I lifted it up to go look around what the nutrients were, and it was heavy. I thought, oh, my God, and look at the seeds in there. So I thought, you know, I'm going to try this. So the next morning I was getting ready to fix my toast for our uh, breakfast, my husband and I, and I started reading behind there more about Dave. And uh, so I've had him on the show a few times, and um, um, that bread is unbelievable. So have you ever made it into uh, French toast? Oh, I haven't tried it in French toast yet. Oh, so your, to your family will <laughs> love it with uh, a gavi or uh, a gavi syrup, or take a little bit of uh, melted uh, margarine butter, and then uh, put a little bit of lemon juice on top, and then some powdered sugar, mm. or just the favorite syrups or whatever. Not a lot of syrup because it takes away. From it. But anyway, uh, no, it make turn. Oh, you can make it. But when you were talking about toast, I have never had since I've had his bread in my house. It's the only bread I have, and uh, he has enough to, to choose from, and uh, it is fabulous, it's wonderful. too. It is wonderful, wonderful Now, bread, for lunch, yeah. what do you have for lunch? Let's say you're in training, 
and you've had your uh, protein breakfast and your uh, grains. What did you have for lunch? Uh, I'm kind of hit or miss on lunch. I'm, I'm a big dinner person, so I, I don't put as much time and effort into lunch. You know, I'll have anything from a, a veggie sandwich to, you know, a quinoa salad to, you know, in the winter I eat lots of soup. Um, so that those sorts of dishes, I don't do anything ordinarily, you know, extraordinarily exotic for lunch. So Yeah, you know, it, actually I've been studying for a long time. I don't think that I think breakfast is important. I think lunch is minor, but it's the dinner that you've got to mm-hmm. pick up on the nutrients that you burned off during the day. So the in evening time is right. You've got to get your nutritional values of what you burned off that day, right. especially those right. of us that are so busy. My world is all mental, and uh, <laughs> your world is balanced both. But uh, the thing about it is, is I find out we mental people burn off nutrients just as fast as people who are exercising for getting ready for an <laughs> athletic event. <laughs> our right. athletic events are in our head. <laughs> I know, I'm sinful. I, I have a focus on my life here going on with research and water and out to the rest of the world and to the other countries of the world. And I have that focus. And by the end of the day, Melinda, I crash. <laughs> but now your new book coming out, it's called Heart. Well, I don't. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Called Heart Soul. Oh, it's, it's Heart and Soul. That's the Heart. book on the marathons. And that, that is my most recent book. So, and now um, why did you put 26-2 on there? Well, we, the, 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 the cover of the, the book is um, like a number, a bib number that you would wear during the race. Okay. And so I'm following. That was all, yeah, the 26.2 okay. was, was, was the bib number, but it's also the distance you run for a marathon. So You know, I've got to ask you this. I couldn't have a show not to ask you today this. I bet your heart just went out in Boston when that bombing happened. Oh, my it gosh. Was, yeah. Yeah, because you're really... a marathon runner and you know what people are doing and their excitement among each other and the gathering and and uh, especially like in Boston every year it's been going on for so long and what did you what was the first thing you thought of when you these are your people out there the marathon run also you and your people are marathon running and I bet what did you think of when you first saw that uh, it was like it was it was surreal. It was like it wasn't really happening. I had run yeah. Boston the previous year, um, but was taking a year off this year. So I felt uh-huh. I felt somewhat blessed that I wasn't there, um, right. and that my, more importantly, that my family wasn't there watching. Exactly. Um, but I also used to live in Boston, so oh, it, it, yeah. I think that it, it was both. It was the oh, are my friends okay? Um, you know, are right. any of my friends down watching? Exactly. Um, to just my heart poured out to mm-hmm. the runners and you know these these and Boston just embraces this race and their, their mm-hmm. support of the race is just astonishing and it's like this isn't fair to these people who give so much of themselves um, that day. Well, and, and you so, know, Melinda, if if it happens in Boston, it happens in New York, it happens wherever in the United States, it happens to the whole country. We are a country that is so open to helping others all over the world. Um, Mm -hmm. I know I'm having an event coming up, and somebody said, and my husband, I'll tell you what it is. My husband and I are celebrating our 50th wedding anniversary this summer. And I said, you know, and there's people putting it on for me, my three daughters. And I I said, please, try to discourage the presents. Just tell them to donate to the Save a Child's Life Foundation. And they're going, people are going, oh, 
but this is your wedding anniversary. Don't, you know, I said, no, 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 no. You know, and I, I'm so American about wanting to give back and do something for somebody else. Uh, the day we had our wedding vows many years ago, that evening was the first time I started uh, Save a Child's Life Foundation was that evening with donations and set it presents. And, and when you think about what happens in Boston, they're giving the marathon is giving back to the people of Boston for traditionally in the country and what we're doing here around the world. And it sounds like, well, well, this is just a marathon. No, it wasn't. And, no, uh, it's, it's so much more. It's so much more because the year before when I ran um, was the 90 degree heat wave year. And, wow. um, and I just couldn't believe, I mean, I, I finished races just under four hours. So I, you know, I'm not a super speedy runner, but I'm not super slow either. And people were you know, running through the streets, handing out blocks of ice. And I'm thinking, wow. this is four hours into the race, and these people are handing me blocks of ice. I mean, yeah. it's very selfless. And that is, it says right. a lot about the Boston people. And, um, and you know, it just, it just felt so unfair when I saw the, the news about the bombing. Yeah, and Boston, <clears throat> excuse me, is so beautiful. I've been there many times, too. And, uh, again, I, I'm, I'm glad I talked to you about it because you've lived there, and now you've lived this other Okay, back to your books. Um, you've got the books that have, each one has a mission statement, but what's mm-hmm. intriguing to me is you came from a corporate life, but now mm-hmm. you're on a mission. Your life is in a mission. And mm-hmm. it, what is your goal to give back? And you're obviously wanting people to be healthier, but what is the goal through all of this uh, for you to, that you have at the top of your, your mission that's something that Melinda is saying to her, Melinda, this is what I'm trying to achieve. Well, it, it really is t- trying to help other people lead, lead healthier lives so that they feel good, they enjoy life, and they're happy. And mm-hmm. um, and that really, and it's really nice to come to a point in my life where I can combine, you know, my personal passion with what I'm spending my time doing during the day. Um, mm-hmm. I think when I was doing corp- the corporate work and doing marketing, I wasn't meshing those two interests, and now I can, and it, and right. it feels That's really true. great. Yeah, that's true. Now, oh, and your family, uh, when you started doing this, uh, what did your family think? Um, you know, I think a lot of people thought I was a little half crazy at first. Like, yeah, you I know, you're doing walking away didn't. from a lucrative career in marketing. And, and, I, and I, I would say the majority of people, including my family, thought I was crazy. Um, but, you brought up an interesting subject, Melinda. How would you have liked to have built your career uh, missing people's faces with a vapor of water to duplicate this, the supplement of the air. And people think, and my first product was Nature's Mist. I went into Nordstrom's and Neiman Marcus and high-end cosmetics all over this country, and I'm standing there missing women's faces and men's faces with water. <laughs> and people were just, and uh, my husband has a mustache, and I remember when I first started, I got every store we wanted, and... Uh, uh, he his mustache would just go up and down, kind of smiling like I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So we all all entrepreneurs go through those little initiations, right? <laughs> yes, most definitely. Yes, most definitely. And then you eventually, you know, convince somebody I'm not crazy. Um, <laughs> it'll all come. It'll all make sense. You just have well, to you see why me. I asked you what is your mission statement? Because I have mine. I have mine. I'm going to save those 5,000 children dying a day and uh, of lack of water. I'm going into those countries, and I'm going to humiliate a few people that are causing that. <laughs> you know, <I laughs> so we have a minute left for you. Uh, we have a minute left for you to finish off what you'd like to say. 
Oh, and I would just like to say, you know, if you want more more tips or more suggestions on healthy living, if you if you haven't read my book and want to do so, uh, feel free. But I also have a blog at melindahensonneely.com. And on that site, I have, uh, again, tips on nutrition, fitness, and just, you know, full family adventure to, to live a healthier, more balanced life. And, and I'm going to spell your last name, your names. It's Melinda, <laughs> like it sounds, Henson, H-I-N-S-O-N. Neely, N-E-E-L-Y, so that they'll know how to get in there, .com. Well, you have a, a, it's nice to have you on. If you ever decide you want to talk about your new book more and some of the experiences you're having with individuals, let me know. And any other marathoners that you'd like to, um, guess, to be educated about with, let us know. Okay, sounds great. Thanks for having me, You have a nice day and a wonderful summer and stay cool. I will. I'll try. (laughs) Okay, and tell your family I said hello. Right, thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, did you learn a lot today about uh, reminding you, and we can say it over and over again, that your life is your own individual health Olympics. And what do we want to learn? How do we want to practice? And what are we going to be involved in is ourself. It's not vain to be wanting to be healthy and to have a good frame of mind and, and to have a good outlook on life and be solid to where you're comfortable in your own skin. And how do you do that? Being healthy. And somebody, you can say, well, I have these allergic reactions. I have allergies. Well, learn how to live with them and make them improve. Make them better for yourself. That's the Health Olympics. So just learn from our guests. Go in and listen to There's so many different topics with our guests that are so exciting. You can go into the Sharon, www.com. Sharon, and my last name is K-L-E-Y-N-E-H-O-U-R.com. And follow me on Facebook and Twitter. And go in and look at all these guests. My gosh, get reminded. It's exciting of what we can learn. Well, Earth has a secret. But first of all, embrace your life, every special moment. It's yours. Be vain. It belongs to you. But don't forget, give somebody else a hug. Earth is whispering, don't say goodbye. Leave something behind. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank Melinda Henson Neely for being with us today, and you be well. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel, with an encore Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaVariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 